and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns, and you can find me on social media at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire. My pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Creams. Today, we are back with our original content. Um, if you've been, you know, following along the pod for a year, actually, is that this week or next week? I checked. It's the 25th. Oh, my gosh. So by the time this has come out, it'll almost have been exactly a year. Um, that we're doing our podcast so kind of kind of funny that we're here to talk about the high republic um so excited so excited this phase is really great so far um only two things are out but we're here to talk about path of deceit today um path of deceit by justina ireland and tessa gratton what an interesting book what an interesting book um it is the first ya novel for phase two and yeah, it came out like two or three weeks ago. I think two weeks ago. It took me a really long time to read it, but it was really good. I think the, the beginning, the first chapter or the prologue, we meet um, this guy named Sunshine. Hate his guts. Hate his guts. Um, okay, um, preface, spoilers for Path of Deceit. We're definitely going to be talking the whole book um, with spoilers included. So if you don't want that, don't listen and then come back. Um, but definitely come back because like you should listen to us talk anyways. Um, but yeah, Sunshine Dobbs, disgusting man, hate his guts. Um, but that is who we open up the uh, the the book on. This guy who's basically like s- is selling force artifacts, but most of them are like frauds. And then he ends up going to sell a bunch of stuff to... Um, this force cult called the path of the open hand which we'll so get into later because so many thoughts um but yeah he meets with the herald which is kind of like their leader and then um this character named the mother who is this force sensitive prophet for their cult and mother girly if i ever meet you it's so on site like there's so many characters in this book that can be like just hated um and then which is really great because that you know they're really good characters um but yeah they basically sunshine Dobbs is like I will be doing whatever you ask me to mother um and she's obviously manipulating him with the force uh which is so funny to me because of reasons we'll get into but um yeah and then so that's how we open up and then it and then it flashes to kev mozink who is our 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 jedi padawan for the novel kev mozink i'm obsessed with you <laughs> i will say though when i first started reading the book i was like so sad i i was so sad for like the first four or five chapters because i was like wow he just reminds me of like Belle and Reith put together. And then I was getting so upset because I miss them a lot. Um, but I got over it pretty fast. And then I was like, wow, 
Kevmo, you're so cute. I love you so much. Yeah, him and his um, master, or they start off on this on Port Hayleap, which we know from phase one. That is where um, a test of courage took place, or some of it at least took place, which is also by Justina Ireland. So here's our connective tissue interweaving through the phases. Super cool. There's a lot of connections to phase one, obviously, but um, in ways that I wasn't expecting, in ways that I was not expecting. The connections between this book and like the books in phase one were a lot more direct than I was expecting, which I personally like because I think that not that I was like worried I wasn't going to be like into this phase, like it's the High Republic, I knew I was going to love it. But it's also like can be hard to like leave phase one behind and like get into like all new territory, literally and figuratively. And so I think that like, especially for the opening novel of a phase, having a very like direct connection to specific novels in phase one made it easier for me to like jump right back in and be like, oh yeah, like this is the High Republic. And like, yeah, it's the, the vibes are different because it's a different like period of time in the galaxy and we have all new characters, but the like, fe the feeling of reading a High Republic book is like, for me very distinct from the experience of reading like other Star Wars books in a good way, which is why I love it so much. And so I think that for me personally, I liked the very explicit and direct tie-ins to phase one because it helped me like jump right back into the mindset I had like, uh, oh, like last year when I was getting into the High Republic. Right. I was also worried that I wasn't going to be into these characters because I was so obsessed with phase one. Um, yeah, no. Like, yeah, I was a little upset at the beginning. I was just like, oh, I miss them a lot, um, which is going to stay, obviously, until we get to phase three. But um, it was something that I met these characters and I was like, oh, my God, I love them already. Like, they're so they're so well written. And it very it very much feels like um, like the higher public, what you're saying. And I think that's also it was really I think it was a good move to have. Because I, when I, when the first, when we first got introduced to um, the new authors that were writing for this phase, I was like, oh no, it's not going to feel like the High Republic because it's not the same. It's not the same Luminous team. But we, you know, we get Tessa Grattan's like vibe and her style of writing in this book. And Justina Ireland's is also there though because they wrote us together. Um, and when you're reading, you can you can tell whose parts are who sometimes. When I was reading it, I was like, wow, Justina Ireland, I know that was you. Like, <laughs> that's also just me, though, being a little obsessed um, with Justina Ireland's writing. But I just think that it blends very well. The vibe is still there. The nostalgia from phase one is still there, which is so funny because we're going back in time. Um, but yeah, our let's talk about our main protagonist, though. We have Kev Mozink early, earlier mentioned, and then we have Marta Rowe, uh, who is serves as our, our main protagonist. I feel she's in the novel the most. This the story really is about her. Um, and this is kind of our jumping off point in the series for phase two, um, because we're going to be seeing her character grow more and see how she is involved in the larger scheme of things um obviously because she is uh one of Markeon Rowe's ancestors um the I 
thinking back to like Eye of the Storm after reading this and being like, wow, wow, okay. Mark and Ro, I literally hate you. <laughs> I think that the thing is, is when obviously Marta Rowe is going to be our antagonist moving forward, our, our overarching antagonist um, to the Jedi and to what the Jedi like stand for. However, I so feel for her. I so feel for her. And there were points in time where I was like, I know I'm not supposed to be rooting for her because she is like directly opposed to the Jedi and not saying the Jedi aren't the good guys because they definitely are. And they literally their whole mission is to bring peace to the galaxy. They're obviously good. There were points where I was like, Marta, I literally like feel you right now. (laughs) She's so, she's such a convincing, she's such a convincing character. And obviously that's what's supposed to happen because she is, has a hand in convincing um, Kevmo about a lot of things. Basically, yeah. I don't remember what I was talking about, but Marta Rowe, what are your thoughts, Claire? What are your thoughts on Marta Rowe? Because I know you have a lot. Yeah, Marta was my favorite character in this book. Surprise to no one. I, well, first of all, I think that uh, there are a lot of reasons why this was a great book to like start off this phase but I think one of them for me because I'm a person who's like if I'm not invested in the characters then like I'm not gonna keep reading like that's just like that's what I need to like be invested in a story and I think that Justina Ireland maybe even more so than any of the other higher public authors has the ability to make me really care about a character in a short period of time and even like just in one novel like I feel like some of my favorite characters in phase one, the first maybe like chapters or even book that they were in, I was like, okay, they're cool. And then it took me to like a little more to like really get into them. But like characters that I love that she created in phase one, like specifically like Sylvester and Jordana, like anyone in Out of the Shadows, Imri, my guy. And like, it took me like just their very first introductions to be like, no, I would literally do anything for you guys. And that's how I felt with like almost, well, all the like likable characters in this book I was like I literally like after just like one or two POV chapters from each of them I was like no I'm like genuinely invested in your character specifically Marta because yeah I think that she has a very unique story in that like she's functions as an antagonist in a lot of ways specifically like towards the end like she's actively a member of the path of the open hand which is like literally killing people um but she's also just barely an adult like I think they mentioned that she's like just come of age so she's probably like 18 years old and is like isn't ever any and we know that like they're we know that that species species is viewed in like a particular way throughout the galaxy and so like and she's grown up like only knowing these people and this sort of like religion almost that they have and also we know that the mother is a very manipulative person. Like we literally see Sunshine go from just some guy to like literally having nothing outside of like his will to do everything she says and be liked by her and whatever. And it's like really jarring. Um, And so I think that Marta is this interesting, like, yeah, a lot of things she's doing are like, and a lot of the things she believes in are just wrong, like period, end of sentence. But she's also been manipulated for like pretty much her entire life by the mother um and we literally like see people try to snap her out of that and she just can't 
and she it's also like she wants to believe that they're doing the right thing and that they're like serving the will of the force like she wants to believe that so badly and like even at the end of the book she's still like bought into it and I'm like get out of there girly the fact that mm, the fact that we've seen the cover for Path of Vengeance and it is written by Kevin Scott I'm like it's really looking dark um please leave her like please leave her alone like I'm literally begging you this book doesn't come out for a while there's still time to not do this what I know you're gonna do like I know it's gonna be so painful so like as soon as I found out Kevin Scott was writing that I was like oh I can't do it again Kevin I really can't I really can't do it again um although the cover art for that book is literally insane like it's my favorite cover I think I've ever seen in my entire life so good um but yeah it is looking really dark for Marta specifically um literally yeah this whole time I'm just like I'm rooting for you but I'm rooting for you to like get out of there because I it's like I like she she's so interesting because she has like a genuine desire to do good but that's being taken advantage of and so I'm like I know that if you could just like get away from path the open hand and like start to reevaluate like the way that you view the world that you could be so iconic and like do such good things but like she's so deep in it and I'm like if by the end of this book like the stuff that happens at the end of the book didn't make you realize that this is not the way to go like I don't know what it's gonna be like I don't know what it would take for you to change your mind about the things that you believe in um but again she's still very young and the mother does have like a very strong influence on her and so I just need her to like get away I need the mother to like enter her flop era and like oh true being in a position of power please like can someone just like take care of that please and thank you I think is what I think is so interesting is like this the path of the open hand is an established group that existed before the mother the mother came in as a refugee quote unquote like did she really come in as a refugee or did she have plans from the beginning um but she you know came in and what she did was basically like oh look you guys are literally like starving and poor oh my gosh I'll plant this garden overnight it'll sprout and then it did and they were all like oh my god you've saved us let's make you our mother so interesting wonder what that could be alluding to uh anyways I think that um what what is so interesting about this cult in general is that the herald is supposed to be the leader he was the leader before the mother got there and they were very you know secluded they weren't bothering anyone they didn't go out and try to like um convert people at all that was all the mother like oh let's like send our children out there um and convert people which obviously wasn't actually what was happening but the idea of conversion didn't even exist before the mother got there um and while nobody was really known for leaving, um, nobody had left after the mother got there. They say that the last person who left was before the mother got there, and it was, uh, um, what's his face, his unnamed sister? Sister? Girl. Trisha? Can we Trisha? have so introduced? And they're like a pink Mickeyan. And I was like, that's so interesting. And then they were mm-hmm. like, also, he had a sister who left. 
but also he's having a baby so I'm like which one of y'all is related to Zimarala like I'd love to know actually I'd love to know um because I know it's one of you <laughs> yeah no when they when they introduced him as like the pink McKeon I was like oh my god oh my god scene it's your great-great-grandparent <laughs> Also, what's his face being there? Elder Tromac? Tromac, yeah. As like a little child, I was like, I was losing it. I was like, oh my gosh. The fact that Marta Rowe was like helping to raise him and then he raised Zine Rolla. I, we can't be doing this. We can't be doing this. They put that in there for me personally. Um, (laughs) Anyways, but um, the... (laughs) This cult was like so, like yeah, they're cult, they're bad, obviously, but um, they weren't people who went out and converted people, and they they truly just believed in this idea of like community and peace. And then the mother came along and was like, "Wow, look at this like breaking shell of a community. I'm gonna come in, make them think that I'm their savior, and turn it into something that I can use for gain, right, and personal gain." And that's her whole aim, the entire book. Everything that she does helps her. It benefits her. And she does not allow anything that would get in the way of her plans, which we don't really know of um, at the moment. I can guess. <laughs> I can guess what some of her plans are. Um, and the only person who is not a Jedi who sees through the mother's like facade is Yana, who is Marta's cousin. Yana Rowe, I do everything for you. I, you could ask me to do anything and I would do it for you. Um, I'm obsessed with her. She was probably my favorite character in the book. Uh, God, I love her so much. Anyways. Um, but yeah, she's the only person who's like, and she keeps it all to herself the whole time. She's like, uh, so interesting that like when we need things, this mysterious benefactor gives the mother money. So interesting that like Cor, who is Yana's girlfriend, go lesbians, um, literally is like, oh, my mom is sick and dying. And the mother's like, oh, I need Cor and her father, who is a herald, to stay here to help me, you know, get my plans undergoing. And so then the mother is like, oh, I'll help save Cor's mom, I guess, and use this money that I've been making to (laughs) help it's so bad. It's so bad. And you, the manipulation tactics are so there and so visible to us as the reader. But you can see, I think that Justina Ireland and Tessa Gratton very much do a good job of putting us in a situation where we can see how these people who have grown up in this cult can't get out of it. And the only reason that Yana is able to even think for herself is one, she remembers a time before the path. And two, she understands the root of her people and and her culture. And even though this whole idea of like community and family is very present within the path of the open hand, Yana knows that it's, that it's complete BS. Like she, she knows that even if the mother isn't like corrupt, which she is, and she knows it, um, even if she's not, it will still never be home for the Abrani, right? Uh, it was so 
you can see it, it's so apparent too. And she knows it because she was like, oh yeah, there's a little part where she's like, oh yeah, my, they made us sleep, me and Marta sleep in a separate room than the rest of the kids when we were younger because they thought we'd kill them. Okay, yeah, we hate the path of the open hand here. Uh, but it does do, it's not, so, it's not so unrealistic to the point where you're reading and you're like, oh, come on, are you kidding? Like any, anytime Marta's like, no, I believe in the path. You're like, oh, that's so annoying. But like, I understand why you would think that like your optimism and your naivety is, is very apparent to, to the, to the reader the entire time. Um, but what is she going to do? She has nobody except for Yana if she doesn't have the path and Yana wants to leave. And then there's Kevmo. Oh my gosh. The way that they were like, let's make this book like a, like a little romance novel. But in between all of the romance, it's just horrible. Like It's just horrible and awful things happening. I do think, yeah, you mentioned the thing about them having to sleep in a separate room. And I think that like, that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me in terms of Marta's character, because, you know, we talked about how like, ever any are viewed a certain way throughout the galaxy, but like, they've been isolated so much. And that's been like drilled into them so much by the path of the open hand that Marta literally thinks that she will never find anywhere else that will accept her. Like she literally says that like Dalna is the only home she can ever have because like no one else is going to want an ever any around. And I'm like, girly, get out of there. Like that, like they literally have been putting the two of you aside the entire time you've been there to make you feel like unaccepted in this, in this cult that's supposed to be like this, like group that's supposed to be about like community and like belonging but they have been, the, and the mother specifically has been intentionally making you feel like you don't belong so that you are under the impression that you will never be able to belong anywhere else. And like, this is the best you're going to get. And like, like you said, Yana's a bit older. So she was able to like recognize that from the start. But for Marta, she was too young when she first got there. And then she's grown up like this her entire life. And so now she's like, oh yeah, the path of the open hand is the only place that's going to accept me as an Everani. And so why would I ever want to leave that and leave this community that I found for myself? And like, I also think it's a combination of like, there are other people in the path of the open hand who actually do care about Marta, like some of the other elders, but like, it doesn't matter because the mother is the one who's in charge and has the power. And so no matter how many other people in the path actually care about her, they all have to do what the mother says. And so when it comes down to it, like those people can't really look out for her because they also have to like do the mother's like evil bidding or whatever. And like, so Marta, despite the fact that she thinks it's the only place she'll ever belong actually doesn't really have the community that she thinks she does. And like, like you said, the only person who like really truly is able to be there for her is Yana. And she also has her own things going on as we know because she's also having a really terrible time um, at the end of this book. And so she has to balance like, how, how can I protect myself? And also for a while, how can I pre- protect my girlfriend, but also look out for my cousin. But like every time she tries to talk to Marta, Marta doesn't want to hear it. Like after she literally tells her that the mother is the reason Cora is dead and Marta still like refuses to open her eyes to it that's kind of when she's like this is a lost cause like like if I I literally told you 
she's responsible for the death of Kor, and then she's responsible for the death of Kevmo and his master, and you still want to, like, worship her and be a part of this and, like, do everything she tells you to, like, at that point, Yana just kind of is like, what else can I say? Like, what, and it's also, like, like, a loss on her part of a loss of, like, what to do in that situation, because even though she's older than Marta, she's still very young, and she, like, she doesn't, she doesn't know how to help Marta because the mother's manipulation of her is so strong and so like deeply embedded in her that it's, it might not be possible for Yana as one person to break her out of that. And while also like taking care of herself and and making sure that she doesn't get caught up in the stuff that the path has got going on and end up dead. Like her girlfriend did. I just, I've been thinking recently recently meaning in the past few hours because I literally just finished this book this morning um I think that I'm thinking about this interview um from phase one with uh Justina Ireland and Daniel Jose Older and when they were talking about um their wave three works their their books for wave three of phase one and Justina Ireland was just like let women be villains and I was like some that some change something changed in my in my heart that day. I was like, wow, you are so incredibly right. Like, let women be villains. And we kind of see a few different kinds of antagonists in this in this book. And um they're women. And they're all different, they're all doing it for different reasons, though. And I think that is so interesting because we we have our first villain of of this book, which is the mother, right? And she's doing all of this for personal gain. She does not care about the path. She does not care about these people. She sees people as tools for her own uh, wealth, for her own power. Um, and she's so, she doesn't care. There's no remorse uh, for any of these people. She literally sends her quote unquote children, these this group of kids basically who who she calls their children um to die uh purposefully because she knows that they're going to get in the way of her plans of course yana roe made it back because she's at Brenny and she's a badass uh and a girl boss and then um we see our second antagonist which isn't an antagonist until the end which is marta she is going to obviously be the antagonist moving forth in in phase two and she genuinely believes in the cause. She's a completely different kind of antagonist than the mother is. Um, she believes in the, the path. She thinks she's absolutely right. It, she's genuinely being so selfless right now. Like she thinks that she is so completely right in that the Jedi are the problem and that they wronged a, um, an amazing and beautiful boy like Kev Mozink of his life, which was obviously you know, she was heavily manipulated by the mother into thinking that, but she came to that conclusion basically on her own at the end. At the end there, she was like, oh no. It's like one page where she's like, oh no, Kevmo. And you're thinking, and she like takes his lightsaber and you're like, oh my gosh, she's going to kill the mother right now. And then, and then she's like, the Jedi are so awful. And I was like, wait, what happened? What happened? Um, Gosh, she's so great. What an interesting character. I'm I'm excited to see her character move on. And I was thinking about my former favorite antagonist in Star Wars, which was Marquion Rowe, because he's 
was so interesting in um, phase one, but he really was doing it for himself. He really was. Uh, whereas we see Marta is not. And she, I think, is because of that and because she so believes that what she's doing is completely in the right and that the villain, the villains are the Jedi. That is what makes her so compelling and such an interesting character because you feel for her. Like, it is, it is really like the, oh, I lost my lover and now it's everyone's problem. Um, and I feel like we don't really get to see that with women. I feel like it's usually men who lose their female lovers who are like, no, I'm going to go on a revenge quest and blah, blah, blah. No, turn it on its head. Give us Marta Rowe. Um, so true. And then our third antagonist for this, for what I believe is going to be the rest of phase two is going to be Yana. Um, and she doesn't want to be, she wants to leave so badly, but now she has been forced into this position where where she was about to leave, she was about to get out of there. Oh, but now Marta is has gone unhinged, right? She's she's at this point where she's at the point of no return. And Yana wants nothing more than at this point than revenge on the mother. And she just wants to see the mother dead um, because the mother killed her girlfriend. I feel for you, Yana. I want her dead too. Um, but now she was accidentally put in this position because she's carrying the rod of seasons when spoiler alert the leveler comes out so true gonna have to talk so much about that in a minute but she's carrying this rod of seasons and we know from phase one that that is what controls the leveler and um so the leveler is at this point a little guy and like walks up and is like following her and she stuffs the the rod of seasons like into her robes and is like oh it's following me it's chosen me totally plays it off and the mother was not expecting that to happen she was mad about it but I mean what else was Yana gonna do now she she found a way out she found a way to make some kind of power for herself in in a situation where she was truly hopeless or helpless and um and I love that for her I really do and I think her last POV chapter, which was very, very close to the end, she was kind of like, I, I just need to be alive long enough to see the mother dead. And that's so her goal right now. And, and at, at some point, I feel like she still wants to help Marta. Um, but she knows Marta's so far gone at this point, and there's no convincing her otherwise. Um, but I still think that that those three characters those three women as this trifecta of antagonists for this whole phase of storytelling in star wars is so dynamic and so interesting and i'm like so true and i just keep like replaying it in my head i'm like let women be villains let women be villains and justina you did girly you are literally so amazing god i love you (laughs) yeah i have a few things first of all like you said about when Marta picks up Kevmo's lightsaber, because when I was finishing this book, the the cover art for Path of Vengeance had like literally just been released. So in my brain, I'm reading that and I'm like, she's going to kill the mother and then it's going to be like Path of Vengeance against the Path of the Open Hand. No, it's literally against the Jedi, which is like actually more interesting. Like I'm kind of, I'm glad that that's the way that they win now that I've read it. I'm like, okay, wait, actually this is slaying really hard. Um, 
but no I was like oh my god Marta's gonna kill the mother and it's gonna be so slight I also okay much the much in the same way that like in phase one and I guess phase three now I'm like Belle Zedifar should get to be the one who kills Martian Rowe I feel the same way about like Yana being the one to kill the mother like I I so extremely true wrong if it was anyone else um but yeah Yana is now like the leveler's bestie I'm just gonna say it the little levelers are kind of cute anyway um okay but you're right like like yes they're just fucked up dogs like they don't they're they're not like have malicious intent probably I don't know they're just hungry they're just hungry anyway but yeah Yana is like besties with the leveler now which is so interesting and also okay I don't know if this is unpopular opinion or not because I haven't seen many other people's responses to the book yet because I was trying to like avoid spoilers so I need to like catch up on what people have been saying I think that the Herald is like aside from Marta because she's my favorite but I think that the Herald is like literally the most interesting character in this entire book because he's the one at the end where I'm like you could literally go anyway like I li- like like for the first like bit of the book like majority probably I was like oh he's like team mother but then as it goes on, you see that they have this weird like power struggle going on, which is also a result of like he used to be in charge and then she showed up. Especially the scene, okay, <laughs> the scene like like right after the levelers have like killed everyone, basically. Um, and then and then him and the mother are like rallying everyone to like get on the gaze like they could go. And and they keep like cutting in on each other. And it's literally, I'm like, this is so real of like what two annoying adults who really want to be in charge are like anyway but then but then yana like gets the rod of seasons and the love is following her and the herald's like wink wink like you i have a plan but he like doesn't tell her what it is and i'm like you are so fascinating to me because i literally can't tell like where he's gonna fall at the end of this like i'm not i don't think he's gonna become like some big hero because he has a ton of his own issues going on but I also like he clearly has some plan and also his daughter died like and I know that there's weird dynamics within their family like when when um Yana tells him he doesn't have the reaction that like a father whose daughter just died violently should have um but she did die and and he obviously isn't the mother's like number one fan like they don't like each other they really do not and also there's the added layer of like his wife was dying and then the mother saved her but like he has to know that that's bullshit that like oh I just it's just the force girl no it's not um but yeah he was the leader before she came along so clearly he like believes in the path of the open hand or at least did maybe until she came along and messed everything up um but I'm like hey bestie I would love to know like what your plan is here like I like Yana might not get to know but like I would like to and also I keep thinking about the I forget which issue of the higher public it is maybe three that has like him and Yana on it I'm like what's what's all this what is all this I and they don't even like each other like he never liked Yana he never liked that she was dating his daughter and she doesn't like him but now they like kind of have to work together but she doesn't even know what he wants the fact that a majority of characters in this book, aside from the Jedi, are all a part of this cult, but they're all so, their relationships to like 
the belief system in the path of the open hand is so different. Like there's no two characters for which it is the same. Um, like even like core did genuinely believe in the path of the open hand and like literally like it got her killed. But, um, and her like, oh my God, her and Yana were so perfect. I just was like, I, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait for them to like leave the path together what an idiot I was for thinking that they were both going to make out of this book alive because I okay I'm gonna be real I read like three Kevmo chapters in this book and I was like he's not seeing the end of this novel <laughs> literally I was reading no and like I like the first he's like portrayed in the first chapter he's in as like this goofy kid and I'm like oh my god I've never seen a more dead Jedi in my entire life <laughs> It was so bad. I was like, oh, I, you're marked for death. Like, I'm so sorry, King. Especially after I was like, Path of Vengeance is about Marta Rowe. It's not looking good. Um, and I I will admit there was a part of me that was like, maybe Core doesn't make it out of this. But like, I wanted to believe. I was like, if, if Kempo can't survive, like, at least like Core. I guess not. I guess we can't have anything. Um, also, when she's literally dying and she was like, you should have asked me to go with you. Why would, like, why, why would you write that? Why would you? Oh, I'm so upset. I'm literally obsessed with them, though. Like, like from the very beginning, I was like, oh my god, lesbians, so true. Like, I love gay people, especially when they're written by Justina Erland. Um, exactly. But then they're on their like first mission for the children, and Core is like climbing up on the wall or something, and Yana is like, I hate this. My girlfriend is in a perilous situation and I love her so much and I'm really worried that something is going to happen to her and I was like oh my god why like and and you wrote that knowing that you were going to kill her Mm, yeah okay why (laughs) I literally when 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 Yana's walking back like from from Ferdin and is like after Cora's dead and she walks into the commune and Marta sees her and Marta's like oh my god, something really bad happened. I've never seen her like this. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. So excited for Yana Road to enter her Ellie Williams era and just cut down everyone. And then it didn't happen. Um, but it's fine. She, she will get her revenge at some point on the mother. And if it doesn't happen, why? Like, I was so, I was so ready to defend her. <laughs> She's just... The mother, I wish you nothing but horrid, awful things. Nothing but horrid, awful things. I hate you. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm obsessed with Cor and Yana. Poor Cor. She's so... I also thought, you know what I really thought was interesting? We're talking about the Herald. Um, is that this, uh, the path of the open hand, does not think that people should use the force. And so any force sensitive person who uses the force is like considered bad to them, right? And Core is force sensitive. And being the Herald's daughter and being like, she knows she is, she's very dedicated to the path of the open hand. She knows that she can't tell anyone, right? And such a Zine Rala moment, but um anyways so much to say about that but um I think that it's really interesting that you know Yana was like so okay with it and was like yeah she's force sensitive I don't care 
because Yana is not completely brainwashed like everyone else is. Um, but also when it comes to the Herald, you kind of have, you kind of imagine you're like, okay, well, some of him must know that she's kind of force sensitive, right? Like she, he is her dad. Um, and what we know about force sensitive children is that a lot of times they can't control their force sensitivity when they're very young. Um, and so obviously he must know something about it. And yet it's kind of like, a, we don't talk about it um, kind of thing. Oh my gosh. What a familiar story. Anyways, um, <laughs> I think that, I think that when it comes to his like allegiance and who he's with, he definitely believes in the teachings of the path of the open hand. And he knows that as a community, they will not survive without the mother because she's who brings the money in. I don't think he trusts her at all. I don't think that he, he obviously doesn't like her. Um, but I think what matters to him is kind of this idea of family specifically his family. Uh, and so, you know, by going along with what the mother is doing, he's like, okay, well, I'm saving my wife. Like, that's it. I'm providing for my kid. So she doesn't like go starving like the rest of the commune will if, um, if the mother wasn't here. And then when, when, when Yana is like, Cor is dead, by the way, just by the way, Cor is literally dead. Um, he's kind of like, oh, okay. Did you get the did you get the item from the craft house? And Yana's like, excuse me, your daughter's dead. Like, are you not gonna react? Not a pleasing moment for me. I was actually so infuriated. I wanted to stop reading for a minute, but I didn't. Um, yeah, such an explicit reaction came out of me. Uh, however, I think that with him, like you were saying, it's just like, what is your next move, bro? What's going on here? Because I I got no ideas. I do think that, well, they're obviously going to be going to Jetta for, because uh, of the, that variant cover. How interesting. So interesting. What are you guys going to do there? Um, but obviously, kind of going, kind of going ahead, um, obviously, they're going to have to be on Jetta at some point because Marta Rowe needs to meet Maddie, who is going to be a character in Path of Vengeance. Marta Rowe, love you so much. I, I feel for you. Get your hands away from Maddie. That girl is my everything. <laughs> we can't be having this. We can't. Path of Vengeance is going to be so insane. Not going to be a good time for me. I think that Marta's new thing is going to be trying to save Jedi Padawans quote-unquote save like from the Jedi so it's gonna be like her against everyone's master basically is like the vibe that I'm getting because like after Kevmo dies she's like Kevmo is just a boy who is like corrupted by the teachings of the order so when she sees like other Padawans she's gonna be like oh they're just getting manipulated by the Jedi which is so interesting because that's literally what's happening to her by the open hand girly please run as far away as possible um but also Maddie's not gonna like fall for that like she's not gonna be like oh my god you're so right the Jedi are actually terrible I do think it would be interesting if there was a Jedi who wanted to leave the order and then met Marta Rowe and Marta Rowe was like let me tell you about this crazy thing called the path of the open hand um but like so far the Jedi we have in this phase are very like have their issues yeah but are very much like solid in their wanting to be a Jedi 
um, and to like learn how to use the force. Yeah, Marta needs to get away from like some people. But yeah, the Herald is very like, I was kind of almost rooting for him. The first, like, I mean, at the beginning, I was like, mm, okay, because I was like, the path of the open hand is obviously bad. And he's like, in a position of power within that. So like, maybe he's bad too. And then it went along. And I was like, mm, maybe not. Maybe I'm like, kind of rooting for him. But yeah, then he finds out about Core and he like, doesn't really react strongly. And I'm like, that's your daughter. And like everything indicates that him and her had a good, decent relationship. Core, yeah, core with both of her parents. Like that's the reason why she didn't want to leave the path or like why Yana thought she wouldn't go with her. So interesting. But I'm also like, it didn't read like, oh, he already knew about this plan. Like it wasn't that, but it was like weird. Like I was like, something is not adding up with him. And then he was like, I miss her to Yana. And I was like, really? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't seem like it. Um, but yeah, that just kind of added that little extra layer. I was like, hmm, maybe you were just acting. Maybe you are not the worst and you have a plan. Kind of going back to this, <laughs> the the theories that I'm concocting in my brain because of this book. Um, one, actually, let's talk about the leveler for like five seconds. Because do we remember how like last year before like, a bunch of stuff was coming out and we were just getting introduced to the leveler um, in the rising storm. And I was like, you guys, I know what is up. I know what is up about the leveler. I had my bulletin board with the ready yarn out like that. <laughs> that was my thing. And then I was like, right. Do, do we all remember that? Okay. Well, reading this book, I was like, oh my gosh, it's all coming back to me. I love the leveler. I think the leveler is the most interesting part of Star Wars in general. A creature that can take away a force sensitivity. Are you kidding me? And leave a husk of that? <gasps> genius. Genius. Because before, before, other than like a Sith Lord, right, named Sheev, this is like such a huge, like this is something that you look at the Jedi and you're like, you can't, there's no way for you to combat this. You cannot win against the leveler. Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see uh, what happens with that in phase three. However, I, I think personally, what was going on in my mind, the entire last like 20 pages of Path of Deceit, I was like, okay, so which one of you girlies put the leveler back in the ice? That was my biggest thought through the whole thing. And I was like, I think my first thought was like, oh, it's Yana. Like, after all this, like, shit goes down, it's going to be Yana to be like, my si my cousin was wrong. Like, I'm putting it in the eyes. I actually think it might be Marta. I really think that Marta might, like, not have, like, a change of heart because she does start the Nihil, basically. Like, she doesn't start the Nihil, but her the belief that things need to be leveled out quote-unquote haha funny leveler is what Martian Rowe was so adamant about in phase one and that was obviously because of this connection to the Avrani and also the connection to the the path of the open hand that he has um makes it it makes it so much more interesting to like go back and reread like Higher Public Adventures I feel like if I, if I read the first two issues of Higher Public Adventures um phase one I'm gonna be like oh oh remember when like 
when Markeon Rowe was like, oh yeah, I'm friends with you guys. And that didn't make sense at all. <laughs> and you're like, wait, why? And now I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it now. Is is Crick's camera a direct effect of, of Marta Rowe? Marta Rowe. <laughs> like that. Do not <laughs> in a sentence together. Okay, but also, first of all, the this plot synopsis for the edge of balance like that's going to be part of the phase drop and mm-hmm. it said that like aslin or whatever his name is from the last chapter like yeah old and dies and people were like oh my god and i was like okay this is 150 years before phase one and if phase one rolls around no one has ever fucking heard of the leveler or has any idea what it is do you really think that man walked in down there and found their bodies and was going to make it out alive? Like, let's be, re- let's be honest here. Like, and that's my thing with this phase is that anyone who comes into contact with a leveler who's mm-hmm. a Jedi has to die. Like that, like exactly. that, that bitch popped out of the ice. I was like, rest in peace, Kemo. Like, oh no. And he's running through the halls and if this were any other book or if this were my first book in like the high republic i would be like oh, he's gonna get out and warn the jedi but i know that doesn't happen because they don't know about the leveler and yeah also that line that the mother has about like waiting for the leveler to grow up and being like it could take a year or a hundred years i was like that's fucked up anyway um <laughs> but no i think that yeah the leveler has to go back in the ice um, right I, I don't think it's going to be Yana because that feels too obvious. Like, I hate to say that, but I feel like, yeah. like, it would, it would slay if it was her, obviously. Um, I think it'll be Marta, but I think that the person that is going to direct her to whatever that planet is where they get the leveler out of the ice is going to be the Herald. And I, I think that, because I, I don't think he wants the leveler around is the thing. Like, yeah, but especially because... Core was force sensitive and there were multiple scenes where Core was in the room with the weird jewel where she was like, I hate it here. Like the vibes are rancid. Um, anyway, I think that Core's like obvious physical discomfort in the presence of that jewel is not something that would go unnoticed, especially by the Herald who spends a lot of time around the mother. And like you said, probably already knows that Core is force sensitive. And also like, we don't, we don't know if he is force sensitive or not. He could be, what if he was anyway? Might start a Herald is force sensitive theory. Anyway, I don't think he wants to level her around. And I think that now that he sees that Yana can like, quote unquote, control it, he's like, this could be useful to me. Because before that, the only person who seemed to have any control over it was the mother. And she's not going to help him put that thing away because she wants it. Um, but now that he's like, oh, Yana hates the mother and hates the path of the open hand and wants out of here and is now the only person who can like, control the leveler maybe I should like start being nicer to her and start looping her in on whatever plan I have going on that's like its own separate thing from whatever anyone else has going on but yeah I was feeling really insane and like I said this to some other people but like reading the last few chapters of this book has like this I felt the same way I did reading the end of the rising storm which was like so much for me but was like the most I think the most invested I've like ever been in a book was like reading the end of the rising storm well that's a lie but anyway I was very invested at this point um and yeah that's what that's what the vibe was here and also like we know a lot more about the leveler than we did like when rising storm came out when I was reading that for the first time 
but like still the second that the leveler was out I was like oh shit oh it's like I'm terrified right now (laughs) it's so like just the presence of the leveler in any book the like genuine fear that that instills in me because I'm like literally no one is safe especially when I love all the Jedi characters and anyone that's like especially in this phase because at least in phase one I was like yeah if you run into the leveler you're kind of screwed but like there's a chance but like in this phase for like plot reasons you literally cannot survive an encounter with the leveler and like live to talk about it so yeah it's like as soon as the leveler is anywhere near any Jedi I care about I'm like it's over (laughs) it's done I think what's interesting about well okay one those two Jedi girlies on the cover of Path of Vengeance I'm so sorry (laughs) like it's not looking good for you (laughs) One of them is Maddie, and I think the other one is probably going to be Olivia, um, but it's not confirmed. I would, I if I'm baking on anybody joining the path of the open hand, it is Olivia, uh, because imagine that. Anyways, back to, back to the leveler. I don't. Were we even talking about the leveler? I, probably not. I think that the leveler, like I heard oh. the leveler is kind of cute, but like I stand by that. It's just oh, you're right. I do think I do think something that I found interesting about this time around with our leveler guy um, is that the leveler, like we actually saw the leveler attacking a Jedi because before we had no idea if it was just like a mental thing. No, it actually like bites you. <laughs> like it actually like like with its tendrils like sucks the force out of you. I'm terrified. I'm thinking about. <laughs> Martian wrote that fucking vine that's like get your fucking dog bitch <laughs> <laughs> it's so much funnier now that we know that the leveler literally like physically attacks people <laughs> exactly I also okay I think that one of the things that like really got me at the end of the rising storm was like the like getting it through Belle's perspective and the level of like fear like obviously the word fear is like used and like is literally the last word of this book crazy mm-hmm. um and like and it's all about like fear like the jedi are not supposed to like fear things but they all fear the level or like that kind of stuff but like the way that kevmo has been so like not necessarily like cool calm and collected like he's very like enthusiastic and stuff like that but he always is like has this confidence to him but then the second that the leveler was out, he was like screaming, like physically trying to get away, like get, like forget about any mission they had. Even when his master died, obviously he was like, oh my God, my master's dead. Like, right. But he was, also, he was like so terrified that he couldn't even like comprehend her death. He was just like, I need to get out of here right now. Exactly. And I think that like, there was always the the idea, like, right, we talked about it so much when phase one was coming out, that this is the only thing ever that can block somebody's force sensitivity other than themselves doing it, which must be the most terrifying feeling. I think that imagine, like, your entire life since you were born, you have been connected to a major, like, a galactic-wide power, Right. You, that is what you go to when you need comfort. It is your entire life is being connected to this thing. It must be so present in your life. Avar Chris literally like hears it all the time. Like that's her thing. The other Jedi see like, oh, I'm in like an ocean. Like, you know, it's literally present consistently throughout their entire life. 
and suddenly that being stripped away from them the amount of like emptiness that I imagine these Jedi feeling is so terrifying to think like it like imagine just like being in an abyss after like your whole life has just been this like endless light coming like from around you um is that like the specific Jedi yeah but like as a whole the the force to Jedi is light like that's their whole thing so imagine like all the light in your life just being like sucked out Mm -hmm. all at once and like that's why I really need to reread the end of the rising storm is what I'm thinking yeah um but like that the image now literally because there's a comic page of it but like the like when I read the rising storm like the image of like bell on the ground literally sobbing next to like Loden's like husk basically was like seared into my brain right it was so it was terrifying in to see a parent especially bell especially with bell i think that that him Loden being the first person to be leveled and bell witnessing it and being the one to survive was so just perfectly executed one because now after reading that and seeing how that can affect someone like Bell, who, you know, yes, he was struggling throughout all of the rising storm, but truly he is light. Like he perceives the force as fire, which is the most primal version of light we have. And seeing that and that what like he became after his encounter with the leveler. And you're like, wow, that's so like upsetting and sad. And now we have all these characters like, Watching Kevmo, reading Kevmo, getting leveled slowly. Are you kidding me? I was, I was terrified. I'm really, he's like, and that was only after like, cause you know, it's so interesting too, because it's like, oh, the level, this is the first time we see the leveler actually attack someone. It like wrapped one tendril around its ankle, around Kevmo's ankle. And then he kicked it like, <laughs> he kicked it. That image, I kind of laughed. I was like, <laughs> You just like kicked it out of the way <laughs> and left. Sorry, it's not funny. So not funny. Um, he was literally dying. And then he's like running away and then slowly like calcifying, like turning into stone. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? I was not having a good time. Just the storytelling decision to have like, yeah, because our first encounter with the leveler, it just like, we only see the after effects and like flashes of like what it actually is. And then in the fallen star, they're just these like ominous creatures like lurking on Starlight Beacon. But we don't really like, I think that the best, the best example we get of like, or like the closest we get to like the actual experience of someone being leveled is when Elzar is going up the lift and he like passes the leveler and he has a moment where he's like, oh shit, I'm going to die. Um, but like we always just see like the after effects or like right before like we see like the aftermath of like Stellan getting leveled and it's like really like he's a completely different person and like completely traumatized but the way that like this book which is a YA book by the way picks up immediately being like this is like the entire physical experience of like someone getting leveled from their perspective and from an outside perspective because it starts off with Kevmo and then it switches to Marta's perspective when he actually dies and I just am like like it's not what I was expecting like and I I think it works so well because during phase one I loved like the sort of mystery aspect of like what is this thing and like how can it do all this and blah 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 
but then like, you know, we started learning more and more and like some of that mystery goes away. So now to come back with this phase and be like hit immediately with like, this is the leveler and here's what it does. I was like, oh my God. I was like screaming, cry- like it was so, I was having like a physical reaction to reading the end of this book. No, exactly. And I think also like, I like, yes, um, we you're saying we got that part in The Fallen Star with Elzar. I think the closest thing we've gotten in phase one to like seeing a leveler was in Trail of Shadows. It was in the last issue of Trail of Shadows. And that's when we got our concept art for the leveler and when what that messed up guy looks like. Oh my God. But we still, it, it, it wasn't in science perspective. It was in Emmerich's perspective. And then we got that abhorrent panel of, of Stellan. Oh my God. Daniel, I'll never forgive you for that. I, truly. I only, like brought up Elzar because I forgot about that entire thing. Because as soon as I read it, I was like, I never want to think about this again. <laughs> and then, but we still didn't get like, it changed in the comic. It changed perspectives to Emmerich. And we got like all the like crazy things that like Key was saying in, in Higher Public. And that obviously is the way that the Jedi perceive the leveler when we first in this book see the leveler it's in yana's perspective and she's like okay and i love that the mother was literally like holding it and then didn't get leveled but whatever it's fine she was just like i am so weak now from being around the leveler and i was like maybe you should like leave have you ever thought of that maybe you should like pass away um yeah maybe you should get leveled like <laughs> maybe but yeah, and it was in, it was in Yana's perspective, which was creepy, creepy as fuck. And then it was like, then we went to Kevma's perspective, and and then obviously what happened happened. So upsetting, so upsetting. I mean, he was so alone. He was so alone, just not feeling the force. Right after his master died, what's his master's name again? Zala. Zala. She reminded me so much of Indira Stokes. So much. I miss Indira so much. Anyway, any final thoughts about Path of Deceit? Um, Path of Deceit is a wonderful novel by Justina Ireland and Tessa Grattan, um, about women. And there's like two men in it and one of them dies. That's Kevmo. Sorry, buddy. You were so cute. Kevmo though is like, why? Like I'm like, I was like swooning reading this book. Marta was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, me too. Why is he like, He's no, got game. But like real men don't act like that. Honestly. No, that's that is a man written by two women. Like obviously. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode.